Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Theory and Theology. On this podcast, we talk a lot about different theories of thinking, religion, spirituality, cultures. Um, Today, I want to talk about something that I was thinking about last night. Um... It was kind of a... Okay, so I wrote down the notes that I wanted to write. Um, And this was kind of, you know, before I went to sleep, I was just kind of like... I don't know, I guess I'd been meditating before that, like at the beach and just kind of chilling and like listening to some music and reading um, about music and like some musicians. And... um, I recently was reading this article by Guar. Um, they have a new album out, so I was checking it out and checking out the article. And um, it's in Guitar World magazine, and it was kind of it was kind of like a funny article. At the beginning, especially, it was kind of like humorous. <coughs> wow. Excuse me. Wow. <coughs> <coughs> not sure why I'm coughing all of a sudden um such is life um so um it's kind of about someone looking different like the concept of someone looking different and what makes our human mind go to this is menacing or this is scary or this is unsafe um for like a shock factor so we see this a lot in you know uh media you know like for for like such a long time like as long as people were you know writing skits and like performing and you know um acting and things like that Um, there's always been this, this concept of like what a villain looks like or what a bad guy looks like. Like I'm talking like even like Shakespeare and before, right? Like people would be on a stage and there'd be characters and you could kind of just tell who was what character by the way they looked, right? And I was wondering, is this a natural thing that occurs in the human mind um, because I know, like, if you put it on a deeper level of, like, ethnicity, race, gender, sexuality, like, as far as, like, expression, like, gender expression, things like that, if you put it on a more human level of just, like, how we look at each other before we even know each other, I'm, I was, I started thinking, does this come into play? So, I hope that sets the stage for what I'm trying to say, but, um, it was kind of just something interesting that just like hit me all of a sudden last night that I was just like, why, why do we think like this? You know, like why, why would we even think like this? Like I was looking at the pictures of Guar and, you know, listening to some of their music on, on Spotify and you know, how Spotify has like the, I don't know what you call it. Like they have like, if you're looking at the actual like phone screen when you're playing Spotify, they have, um, um, pictures or little, like, I guess, like, loops of, like, little video clips of, like, maybe the video or, like, some cover art or some photos or some, something, like, visual. It's not, like, a full music video, but it's, like, a looped kind of, uh, clip of some core of some sort. Um, I don't know if it's considered a GIF or not. It's kind of like a, I don't know what it what is considered, but it's it wasn't always there, but now it's like a thing. Um, and so there was this loop playing, uh, like visually of um, like different images of like the Guar um, um, band members. Like it was like zooming in on their faces, and then like 
kind of showing them. And it, it, for people who don't know what this band looks like, uh, they basically have costumes. Or like There are a lot of bands who have costumes. Like Slipknot was like that. Um, um, I think Wes from Limp Bizkit, at certain points, he wore like bunny suits and had these like super huge like contact lenses that made his eyes look like, you know, his eyes were like gigantic um and it would like black out his whole eye I think and or he didn't have like the the pupil part of his eye it was just all black um it it was basically like you know there there are quite a few bands um I, I used to love Cole Chamber I mean still do but I mean I used to love Cole Chamber and Meeks from Cole Chamber and now he's got his other band and they kind of have like a a look to them with their like like kind of like bloodstained looking shirts all the time and stuff like that um Mudvayne you know there are a lot of bands that would just like dress in costumes I don't see that too much in other styles of music in all honesty when I think of it like Bieber like those kind of like they were like a bit of a costume like maybe like like Lil Nas X you know where's like a bit of like like some kind of like something you wouldn't generally wear in public maybe it's like a sort of a costume but it's not usually like with a whole like facial like a whole mask and like feet and like hands with like claws and that kind of like usually it's like you look more human than not and then there are these other people that have like characters um so that kind of got me into thinking about like like not necessarily about the music itself but like why how does a band or how does a an artist or how does a you know a scene director or whatever how do they even know what what look they're trying to get across right that that seems like it's an innate thing a cultural thing and almost across cultures you know even like you see a lot of cultures you know even ancient cultures that have masks for like ceremonies and stuff like that and sometimes they represent some kind of spiritual thing or like um some kind of tradition or some animal or something in nature and this goes back like humans have been doing this forever you know like putting on costumes and masks in certain situations either for entertainment reasons or for like spiritual representation reasons or you know just for fun and you're like at a festival like you're at anime expo and you're wearing like you know cosplay like whatever like you're you're just kind of like dressed up in a certain way so i mean i i haven't really thought this idea through too much other than what i was noting down yesterday but i was kind of curious about it and i was like you know about someone looking different like what is that and there is this kind of um question i have about like why like why um so i put um, um, Guar, you know, makes the choice to wear, to wear costumes. They look scary and that's their purpose. Like they want to look a certain type of, uh, way that would be perceived, not like a cuddly, like Care Bear or like Barney or like some like nicely, some nice seeming thing. Like they want to appear a certain way. Um, but um why does different equate to scary like if you think about like horns different like bumps like kind of like how people have like those bumps on their spine but like how alligators or crocodiles have those kind of weird like textures to their back uh wrinkles different colors like humans have certain natural colors to them um characters kind of have all kinds of weird colors where like you wouldn't really see that in nature too much like neon glow-in-the-dark hair like pink hair and stuff like that like um claws long nails like scales fins sharp teeth um things that look like part animal or beast or some kind of a being like you know it's like some kind of a living being that has some kind of an intention of some form but I was just wondering, like, why in the human mind do we tend to look at certain characters with certain types of 
features like horns or long nails or sharp teeth and things like that and then we go to this must be evil or the not even evil as in like um like morally evil but evil as in like this is gonna harm me or this is something I should fear when you have no other information on it right you have no other information on it you haven't interacted with the thing you just see it and you're like oh shoot this is this is menacing this is scary um and so just going into that kind of thought process right um and I kind of think about it like even like if you think about what's it called like the like Chinese New Year you know how they have the dragon and how the face of the dragon looks and how there's like people inside of there moving in a certain way and then like the dragon is like it's cool it always looks like awesome it's super dope looking but it's like it's really cool but it's also like you can kind of tell based on its but based on its features like don't mess with it it's not something you're like when you see like a goat at a petting zoo or something you want to go up and like hug it or like you see a llama or something and you're like ooh like how cute this little pet you know this little animal or somebody's little like teacup poodle kind of animal or like a little kitten like you're not really thinking of it like oh like this thing I should stay away like when you see someone walking a dog usually you know it's not uncommon to be like oh can I pet the dog or can I come up to it that's not uncommon but you know if you saw some weird thing that you knew wasn't a human in a costume but looked like that kind of like almost like when you when you watch Star Trek and they have these um um other types of i guess technically they'd be considered aliens right um like klingons and stuff like that like they're they look different um from like vulcans right they look different from each other um vulcans look a little more approachable than like a klingon would um just just because of how we look at them like we look at them we're like okay this looks more human you know maybe the ears are pointy and it has like a haircut that looks different but I mean their haircuts all look the same but it's like other than that other than the ears and the haircuts you know it's kind of like okay you look more approachable than a Klingon that has like these features that are like maybe like you know like sharp features and a, a voice that's different and like like there's just something that tells us right when you look at something and you don't have any interaction with it whatsoever you just look at it and you're like this thing is um maybe I should run (laughs) you know and I think you know the easiest answer would be you know for human safety you know for human you know um humans to be able to be safe um, for humans to be able to be, um, rec- like, recognizable as humans, um, and to not get involved with something that's gonna rip you to shreds, right, but also, I mean, I wonder how much of this plays a role in society with like race and ethnicity and gender, gender presentation, stuff like that. I kind of it kind of makes me curious to think like how the how often do we look at somebody that we don't know and just decide and eh, this is somebody that we need to like avoid. And what tells us that when we don't have any other information other than just visually seeing the person um, like, you know, I don't have anything against homeless people. I know not all homeless people are like what I'm going to describe, but, uh, those of us, especially if we live in the city, you know, we're not unfamiliar with, you know, the person at the bus stop that's kind of just like yelling at the sign and like acting a little erratic and might not maybe have a very pleasant scent to them. And, you know, their clothes are tattered and torn, Or maybe they're, like, walking across the street at a crosswalk and just, like, yelling at the cars and, like, standing in the street and, like, acting really erratically. Um, But the interesting thing is I've worked with people like this. 
um, and mm, usually they're not in that state of mind, but they can get into that state of mind, um, and type of behavior, but it is different. I've noticed too, like it's different when they know you, when you have a good reputation with them, when you have good rapport, you can just talk. I mean, it might not be like the most logical conversation. It might not be linear, but you can tell there's a form of engagement there where they're kind of like understanding, hey, there's like a give and take in this conversation and we're like interacting and we're, um, uh, you know, talking with one another and, you know, we're trying to just, you know, uh, just speak to one another and have a conversation, you know, that's different than just like somebody just like tripping out on the, on the street somewhere, you know? Um, and then also to think about, you know, all that a person goes through to get to a state where they're like that. Usually people aren't just like, they come out of the the womb and they're just like acting like that. Usually there's a process that goes to that occurring, um, and, um, but that's the main thing I would say in society where you can see like humans that somebody would maybe almost naturally avoid. Um, but then also it might, it might also happen with like clothing styles. Um, I know when I was younger, back in my young age days um it wasn't uncommon to come across like the kind of like goth looking people like you know black uh makeup on like you know i it was kind of funny cuz um i was watching sopranos and it was the it was an episode where vito you know the kid vito he um started to become you know his own kind of teen um and in that episode he's more um you know he's like you see him go from like a little kid before you know some episodes he's just a little kid running around with all the other kids his age and his sister and whatnot and then there's an episode where you see him kind of a little bit older he's like a young teen and he's like you know starting to cause a little trouble and he's with kids that are wearing like those kind of like really baggy like raver style like junko style jeans and like you know wearing black lipstick and black eyeliner and hair is like dyed even more black than it already is and then like hair sticking like up and like the spiky uh look and like that wasn't the most uncommon thing when I was growing up like you would see people like that and I used to hang out you know in LA you know I used to hang out at like you know like not always at I wasn't always at the Troubadour but places like the Troubadour like you know places in like Hollywood uh, like near like Koreatown downtown like a lot of venues where we would just go if we were going to that area of town to like see bands and stuff and it might not even be like bands that we really knew but like our friends bands would be playing or like in the beach cities areas we'd have we'd usually hang out there more and then you know there were a lot of like punk bands metal bands like just kids like most of them were like teens and college age people just playing in their bands and then they would wear like the clothing to represent the style of music so there were a lot of like the punk kids that dressed like very like punk rock looking uh, with the kind of, like, skinnier jeans, and, like, you know, they kind of had a look to them, um, I wasn't so much around the grunge age, the grunge people, a little bit, that kind of seeped in a little bit, um, and then the metal, the metal crew, usually they would look, they would have, like, it it, it was different, there was metal, and then there were, like, the goth people, so kind of people, a lot of times, would kind of maybe dress, according to like the music that they would like a lot of times so you would kind of have that like the people who liked rap would dress like kind of like hip-hop style clothing with the brands that you'd see like in the hip-hop videos and then people who were really into like metal would have like you know they would wear black a lot and like band shirts and you know like 
I don't know, freaking like Doc Martens and, you know, they had a style to them. And then the punk rockers, you know, who would like the punk music and stuff, they would wear like the punk style clothing with the patches on their, on their jackets and like they'd have certain hairstyles and all that. And like, but it was interesting because I, I grew up around a lot of people who were musicians, young musicians, um, church musicians, uh, secular music musicians. I was definitely around that so often, um, through school and everything that it wasn't uncommon for me to see people like that and just know that like, it had nothing really to do with their personality too much. So you could like be hanging out with a group of people that looked completely like, you know, they came from another planet you know, with, like, their lips and their eyes, and, like, they'd have all these different color hair and chains hanging all over, and, like, these metal studs on their belts and all kinds of stuff where you'd just be like, oh, they're up to no good, they're gonna cause trouble. Meanwhile, they're, like, the youth pastor's kids, you know, that, you know, they play only Christian music, and they don't eat meat, and they don't, they're completely straight edge and don't listen to anything, um, like other than religious music solely religious music only you know you would never know that just by like looking at the way they dress you would assume these people are doing drugs and they're up to no good and they're vandalizing property and like I kind of noticed that wasn't always the case um it wasn't so obvious you know it wasn't so like people were just obviously like trying to like cause chaos um, just because of the way they dressed and how they looked. So I was, I was exposed to that a lot. And that's, you know, um, something that I noticed. I'm like, they're just artists. They're just expressing themselves. They're just, this is just the way they choose to dress. It isn't their personality, but it is saying something about them. They're expressing that they're into this kind of music or they like adapt to like some form of like this kind of culture, at least some parts of it and they want to be like visibly like seen that way that's how they want someone to visibly see them um you know they're not trying to look you know um a different way like a preppy way or whatever you want to call it you know they're not trying to look like a jock or look like preppy people or like we didn't really have those kind of labels at our schools and stuff it was more like, did you surf or play soccer? Are you an artist or a musician? You know, that was basically all anybody cared about. Like, nobody really cared about anything else, in all honesty. <laughs> like, at the public schools, nobody was really, like... It was more like, are you going to go see this band this weekend? And, like, you know, overall, people weren't really, like, nerds, football players. Like, there wasn't really that. Like, you could be any category of person and if you like the same kind of music as people or if you like the same like depending what group you're in it didn't really matter if you were kind of like a nerdy kind of person like it was more so like the people that were kind of jerks to people those were the people that other people didn't really like it was more like the the ones that were kind of like uh felt like they were better than other people because their grades were like really really good like those kind of people um, and so that is, that is kind of like a lot of the types of people I grew up around that weren't necessarily always in the church crowd, but sometimes they were, um, there was some overlap with that, but you know, that's mostly where I saw that. And then like, it, I don't really see that too much these days. Like, I don't really see, like, people dressed in, like, a lot of extreme-looking clothing. But when I was younger, it was it was a thing. People did dress like that. Um, and, you know, like, you get used to just talking to people who just look like whatever, you know. Um, but I, I just wonder. Like, I'm just curious to know, like, is there more to it, you know? Like, I'm, I'm really curious about that. Um... Because it's easy to just, like, judge by looking at somebody. It's easy to just, like, look at somebody and be like, oh, you know, um, this or that about, like, whatever person, you know? Like, it's easy to kind of judge people. Um, 
and assume things about them just by how they're dressed or how they look. Um, one thing that I find funny is that, like, I, I always liked band shirts ever since, like, high school, but I, I don't always buy them, but I, I've bought a, a few in kind of recent years. Um, and our friends, I was with some friends, we were having, like, an event that was, like, a, you know, we would do, like, game night events, but it would be, like, themed, so you would, like, dress to the theme, so we had, like, an 80s night, and then, like, a 90s night after that, so I remember I got this, like, um, this Metallica shirt, and, like, this chain for my wallet, and, like, I think that's what I wore to, like, 90s night, it was just, like, my shirt, the chain, um, and kind of like the style I used to wear like in high school, just kind of like this is how I used to dress in the 90s kind of thing. Um, and I found that kind of fun. Um, but, you know, I love it. I love that shirt. I have others, I think, too. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I I love that shirt. And, like, it was kind of funny because, like, whenever I wear that shirt around, like, people will be like, oh, I like your shirt. Like, somebody on a plane said it, somebody at the beach said it, like, it was just kind of funny, I was just like, one of my other friends said it, um, it was just kind of funny, it was just like, oh, I like that shirt, you know, like, um, I like it too, but it's kind of like, interesting, the people who approach you about it, that might, um, not assume that you're a fan, I mean, I mean, I'm a black person, there's nothing about me that, like, screams metal, um, but I really love metal, so, you know, that's just how it is, but, um, it's just kind of funny that, like, that is something about me that surprises people, because, um, a lot of people don't assume that I like metal, and I know they don't assume that because I'm a black person, I know that's a big part of it, um, and it's kind of funny, like, I've been, I've been to, like, metal shows where it's, like, there's like me and maybe one other black person in the whole venue um that I can spot and then otherwise we're the only black people there um and that's kind of a fun experience too but it's also kind of interesting and I had a friend who was always telling me this um he was just like how many black females are like you you know (laughs) it's like I'm like not that many um I've probably met like one black female who is kind of like me a little bit um in some ways um um but yeah like a lot of things about me I kind of tend to blend I kind of cross over into a lot of different like there's a lot of pieces about my personality and interest that kind of cross over into other groups that it might not be so obvious about me and I I know that about myself and so I kind of do tend to kind of think that about other people too that I'm like okay there's always going to be more underneath the surface of what is visible um there's always going to be more you know I can't just go by look at somebody's appearance and just be like oh okay like this is it you know this is I I get what I'm seeing you know like what I see is the full picture, is the full reality of it, um, that's not really the, uh, the case, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to just know if there's really something deeper to, that kind of human nature of just like looking on the surface other than just like recognizing who is one of you and who is not and recognizing who might have something in common with you or not in common with you or who might potentially be a danger to you or or not really a threat based on how they look um just something that I wonder so I mean, I'm pretty curious about, about that, um, I'm just curious, I don't really have much, much other, um, way to explain it other than that, I'm just really curious about, like, you know, if there are more, um, reasons other than, like, safety and, like, you know, 
identity, like, group identity, like, what purpose does that really serve, um, because on a deeper level, like, I feel like, yeah, it makes sense to, like, not just be approaching every old person, because you might be in, like, danger sometimes, but other than that, I'm like, I don't really know what more you can really do, you know, um, other than, other than challenge yourself, you know, I think we can all challenge ourselves when we look at somebody that just be like, uh, this isn't just completely, just take it at face value, especially if you don't know the person yet, um, it might not be the best thing to just, like, think that we know everything about somebody before we talk to them, um, but then again, you know, sometimes, you know, you can just kind of get a sense about things but there is that fine line between like that sense that you get this kind of that gut feeling versus a prejudice um those are kind of two different things like I think sometimes you can pick up on an energy that you're just like this ain't right like I've I've met people who I was like okay this is gonna be fine but there was just something about their energy that was a bit off where I was just like, this is a little awkward. Like, this is a little odd. This person's a little like, eh. There's something about them that was just like, maybe rubs me the wrong way. Even if it was like very subtle and it wasn't like very apparent, like, and they weren't like actively doing more. But again, if on a first impression, if I'm not comfortable, then that usually makes me not really want to be interacting and I'm not saying everyone should like force themselves to interact with people but more like challenging at least the thought process of of it um it kind of helps with with uh with I guess reintegrating back into society and meeting new people and just like mingling and stuff but it's kind of just it's just kind of something that struck me as weird because I was just like well, how do people know what costumes to choose? Like, I know, I know what costume I would choose if I was trying to have a certain look or a certain, you know, presentation or, like, if I wanted people to perceive me in a certain way, I already know what I would, what I would put on, you know? I already know what a mask would look like, what, you know, if there were clothing, what that would look like. Um, I already know what it would look like. Um... But the interesting thing is, like, how would I know, you know? Like, I remember way back um, when I was young. I was probably in, like, eighth grade or seventh grade or something. Because my sister was, like, a baby. Um, Well, she was young, like a toddler age. um, Maybe two or younger. And we had these toys from don't know where I want to say they were from like Burger King or like something where there were like dinosaurs of some form um and you could like blow them up they were like um blow up toy animals um that were dinosaurs and I remember the T-Rex one it was maybe like you know if you would stand it up once you blew up the whole thing it was like maybe like a foot tall and I remember, like, I used to play with it. Me and my brother, I think we had, like, a brontosaurus or, like, a, no, it was a triceratops. We had a triceratops and a, and a T-Rex. And the way we used to play with them is we used to um, put their feet, like, on the floor because they were blow-ups. So, like, everything was like a balloon almost. You would put their feet on the floor and then hold the tail at the back of the tail and just kind of push them forward a little bit on the carpet and it would kind of make it look like they were kind of like moving and their feet would kind of catch the carpet sometimes so their feet would like move a little bit and I remember doing that to my sister when she was younger and like we weren't making like growling noises or anything like that we were just like playing with the toys me and my brother were playing with the toys like like the toys were like fighting against each other not like fighting but just like interacting with each other and then we turned them both to look at my sister and slowly we're like walking towards her with it um and it basically probably looked like to her there were these like foot tall like little like dinosaur things coming at her 
and we had been playing with these toys for like weeks before but some reason in that instance when those were like approaching my little sister she started like freaking out and being like a little frightened and afraid of them um and from that point on we just didn't play with them like with her in the room because she would like freak out about these little balloon like kind of blow up plastic toy dinosaurs I mean they had like sharp teeth looking and stuff like that but they didn't growl I think like when you squeeze them they like squeaked or something but like I kind of find it I kind of found it actually really hilarious to me um because um not that she was scared but like it was just kind of shocking because it's not like we just got them that day and started playing with them and then she freaked out like we've been playing with them a lot but there was something about it I guess with her that when we kind of made them come towards her she knew in her mind this is not something that I should come towards you know there was something in her head that was like this is a a dangerous animal of some kind or a dangerous thing like there's something in her mind that like clicked about it and me and my brother weren't like we didn't really play with toys like like destroying each other like you know like aggressively or anything like we would just like casually just like play with stuff like we were never really like you know these are dinosaurs so they're eating each other and destroying the city of all of our lego toys like we weren't really treating it like that we were kind of just like we would just play you know with the toys um but I found it kind of funny I was just like when I thought about that again I was like you know she kind of knew to be afraid of this and she was like a little kid so I can't like ask her what the heck she was thinking about um I don't even think she remembers that but it was just kind of interesting to think that like okay someone that young knows don't come near a dinosaur you know don't come near something that looks like a dinosaur you know you should be afraid of something that looks like a dinosaur and she'd seen us playing with these toys before she never was like jumpy about it or like afraid of them or anything so it was kind of interesting to me that like she was aware that the toys existed she never would like touch them and there was this other uh, statue that we used to have in the house that was about her height and it was like a skinny old it was like a little wooden statue that was carved and it was like this skinny like 100 year old looking man that was just like like a tribal african old man with a little loincloth and this like cane and he, that's all the statue was it was just like a single piece of like wood with this uh cane or like a walking stick that the old man was carrying and I can't remember his facial expression. It wasn't like smiling or anything, but my sister hated that thing. Um, we would put it like near her sometimes just to like tease her and she would always knock it over or like cry and like, and then she eventually broke it once. She just like beat the shit out of it and it broke. Well, um, I don't know. We didn't like tease her mercilessly about stuff, but you know, we were kids too. So it was like, we knew that like you know we were getting a reaction out of her and so we just kind of put it near her and then she just like broke it and like we were just like oh shit like um she just like beat it up and I was just like what the heck like I don't know like she was young like she wasn't even like fully talking yet like to a point where she could be like no get this away from me like no I hate this like this thing is scary like but we would always, like, you know, we would always play, the three of us, but obviously there was, like, the age range difference, and so, like, us as older kids, of course, you know, you have a younger sibling, like, we were always kind to her, but at the same time, like, you know, just because you're afraid of, like, a, like, we knew there was no harm in it, we knew there was no harm with these, like, blow-up animals or with this little wooden statue, so to us, it was kind of like, whatever, get used to it, you know, we kind of thought, okay, maybe if you're, like, around it more, you know, you'll just not be afraid once you, like, touch it or whatever, you'll notice it's wooden, but nah, like, she was like, this guy's gotta go, um, I can't have this guy around me, <laughs> oh, but it's kind of funny, like, and I was, I don't know, it was just kind of a hilarious situation that I came across, uh, in my memories, but 
I don't know. If kids that age know, then there's got to be something to it um, where people know, like, okay, like, this is something to fear. But I feel like we kind of do it with each other, too. And I wonder to what range. Like, I guess everyone maybe has their own personal range of, like, what would be something you would approach if you don't know it at all versus what would be something you're not going to take your chance with. Um, And I guess that's good. But then I wonder if it's fully good. You know, it's good for safety to be cautious and, like, aware of, like, potential for, like, danger. But I wonder how much potentially, you know, myself or other people, like, how much I miss up, I miss out on socially just by screening people, like, that I, especially if I've never spoken to them or never talked to them or anything, and it's not, like, my gut sense of, like, this person maybe has bad intentions or whatever, like, if it's not really, like, from that perspective, then I kind of just wonder, um, if it's worth it to keep that approach of mind, approach of the mind towards social interactions, especially since lately I'm kind of, like, in a new, a new, a same environment, but a new environment with new people around me, um, potential to meet different people, and I'm kind of stuck between this kind of, like, do I really want to meet more people? Like, I'm not trying to get, like, you know, uh, comfortable here. My goal wasn't to stay anyway, so I'm not trying to get comfortable here, but, um, I'm not trying to be uncomfortable and antisocial and just not interacting with others either, so, um, that's kind of been on my mind, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with, with all that, like, it's, uh, just, yeah, it's kind of just what was on my mind last night a little bit, and I was like, yeah, I'll probably expand on this in the morning, Uh, But it's kind of hard to, like, verbalize. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, if if I'm explaining it the way that I want to. Um, But it's kind of just, like, an idea that came up that I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, Like, just the the way that people just know what to choose. Like, it started from me just recognizing that, like, these band, this band chose what to wear guar chooses what to wear to present themselves as a certain with a certain like persona or a certain uh type of a uh, um a character where people would assume things about them they want to make it obvious that they're not from this planet and you know they look the way that they look um, but it's kind of interesting. The fir- my first introduction to Guar was in like a youth group, like it was like one Sabbath like thing. I don't know what it was. It was like one of those like Vespers Sabbath night, like Friday evening, like um, either collegiate group or a youth like uh, teenage group where we were kind of being shown videos about music and the evils of <laughs> the evils of certain types of music and they used guar as an example in this like documentary i think it was like a christian documentary that was talking about like you know the youth and their souls being at risk of like being exposed to evil because of the evil messages that these bands you know promote now, with metal music, I do notice that there are a lot of songs about death. Um, even in the titles, I think I don't see that in a lot of different styles of music where there's like so many titles about with the word death in them or so many lyrics with death and destruction and that type of concept. Um even if it's not necessarily them, they're not usually talking about killing people, but just the concept of death in general does come up a lot. And I know in our culture, it is a taboo thing to be talking about death like that. Um, 
you hardly see like series of shows that are just about death um like people don't really gravitate towards that too much like I remember I love the show six feet under but it's really hard for me to binge watch it because it makes me like really kind of like just like depressed I'm like dude I can't be watching the show it's so dark it's about like a family who like runs a a funeral home but they kind of live in the funeral home too and I guess they're technically is it called a mortician where you like prepare the bodies and stuff and like that's technically their job their career and like it's a family-owned business um in LA somewhere um it's not a reality show it's like a like one of those movie style HBO shows series shows from like the 90s or something or early 2000s and um yeah like yeah like I don't I don't really see a lot of metal music really saying like evil stuff necessarily like they're not saying run around and kill people they're not saying go around and like take advantage of others you know rape and pillage and all like they're not I don't know any music that's like that and if it is it's not serious like they're just like doing it just to like make it like funny and weird sometimes um it is really like dramatized there are a lot of like dramatized like metal bands like you kind of have to know what you're listening to and guar is one of those groups that's kind of like they're kind of dramatized you know they put on these monster looking costumes and they run around with their instruments and have like weird interviews that they do where they're talking about like their alien viewpoints and all this kind of stuff i mean they're they're weird um would I say that they're like morally evil I don't know if they're morally evil but we are kind of taught to think that stuff like that is morally evil to stay away from it that it's demonic and all this kind of stuff but I'm like I don't know if they're demonic they just look like monsters because we we determine what a monster looks like in our human mind we're like this is a monster you know, and then the religious types, you know, see it and they're like, this is evil because it's a monster. And then they have the music around them and they're like, this is evil because it's talking about death. And like, I mean, I don't even remember what the documentary said, but it was it was about Guar and a lot of other metal music and a lot of other bands and stuff who they were just like, this is evil and this is wrong and this is bad and this is evil and this is wrong and this is bad. And like, like the profanity and just like you know um what do they call like the backward masking it was like during that time when like people were starting to talk about like people don't talk about that much anymore but about like backward masking if you like play the music backwards on a cassette tape or something um and it like says words when it's like backwards I mean I'm not gonna say that that music doesn't say that but it's like if you're not consciously making your music to say that then it's not your fault you know that it just the lyrics and the music together just happen to come out in this like audio uh wave that just turns out to be like some weird sentence of like um I fooled the devil or like you know suicide or like something that's just like random stuff that you would never just be like trying to approach um I mean there are a lot of people who put purposeful subliminal messages in advertising um that like you know go way underneath your like conscious radar and nobody's saying they're evil you know what I mean (laughs) nobody's like oh these people are trying to trick me into buying lucky charms or whatever like but you know they're gonna pick on like the music because you know they look a certain way but these people who are usually picking on the music aren't really um into the music they're not fans of the music they hate the music and they think it's evil already and they're just trying to find like excuses for why it's evil a lot of times um i mean i don't know hollywood industry it's got its own issues um but it's it's just kind of I don't know it just kind of fascinates me like the whole concept of it is a little bit fascinating that it still kind of comes up um you know that people don't like it like I, I remember once somebody um 
I, I told somebody I like metal. It was somebody I didn't know very well at the time. And this person was like, I don't know what they said, but they were like, you must be angry all the time or something like that. And I was just like, no, like, I don't like metal because I'm angry. I mean, I that is part of it. I mean, like, I do get angry. Like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm, like, way more angry than, like, anybody else. Like, I'm not, like, always angry. I've definitely had periods in my life where I was just like, I'm definitely not feeling great. But it comes and goes, you know? Like, I wouldn't say I'm, like, an angry, angry person um, necessarily, but I would say I don't really have, like, a lot of good outlets for anger, or a lot of good, like, ways, like, I don't think any of us really have a lot of spaces where you can just, like, express your anger without any kind of backlash about it, like, usually people don't want to be around other angry types of people, or angry, anger in situations, um, Um, usually if you're angry at somebody, it's not really socially acceptable to just be, like, telling them, like, you can, but it's, like, you know, they're probably gonna get mad at you in all honesty, like, usually when you say you're angry at somebody, they're usually not gonna take it too well, um, even though you can have a full right to be angry at anybody you're angry at, but, you know, people don't really always take it too good, um, sometimes when you're yeah that's something that happens when you're angry another thing that happens when you're when you're angry um like one thing I like about metal music you know is that you know there's like like the dance style that comes with it um usually it's kind of a a helpful uh kind of style uh, of, you know, you can release a lot of anger or aggression types of pent-up feelings through that type of dancing. Um, it's kind of more aggressive. The music is, it tends to be a little more on the aggressive feel side, but I mean, Mozart had plenty of music that was aggressive and really, like, intense sounding, and nobody's like, Mozart's evil, you know what I mean? Like, it would be, like, dark, like, freaking Requiem Mass, I mean, like, damn, like, that's, like, some intense music, like, you hear it, and you're just, like, wow, this, like, nobody even has to tell you it's about death, and you would listen to it, and you'd be, like, this is freaking about, somebody's gonna die, you know, like, or somebody is dead, like, this is about death, there's a lot of depth to it, and it's got this, like, dark, like, just, like, like, you can tell, like, the energy to that song, or the whole, piece of it is just like wow this is intense but it's like it's kind of funny that like nobody nobody picks on classical music you know um and a lot of metal honestly is very classical it just is loud and aggressive and distorted and they're screaming sometimes and the lyrics aren't appealing to people who aren't really into that kind of stuff but um one thing I do like and I'm going to talk about it in a different episode, probably, eventually, hopefully, is a Garza podcast. Um, he interviews a lot of metal musicians, and I do find it very fascinating um, how many metal musicians a- are able to openly talk about trauma, are able to openly talk about emotional issues, drug addiction. Um, this is the kind of stuff that I think musicians when you interview them usually they're not talking about that they're like oh this is the new album and like yeah like I broke up with my girlfriend like people want to know like the cheese make type of stuff um you know they're not asking real questions and I think with metal people always want to know how does someone even get like involved in music like that as your career like because there is more depth to it a lot of times um, and it creates like a curiosity when you're talking to the people. And I think, you know, when you talk to the professional people who are in that music, um, like just hearing their stories, there is this theme of like, you know, a lot of people grew up with some childhood tragedies happening. Maybe it's not their whole life. It may not have been like a whole life of trauma, but um they do speak to you know I put this into my music you know like all the like recurring kind of like 
thoughts about it or if people have nightmares about things or if they're like traumatized over something they're putting that energy into their music and so yeah it comes out aggressive but it's like at least they're doing something with it and it's not destructive you know and so that's usually why I you know I think that's why even when I was younger I gravitated towards metal because even though I didn't really even listen to the lyrics like I had songs that I to like more recently have read the lyrics to and I'm just like wow I was like 15 16 listening to this kind of stuff and it's like deep and I'm like how did my parents even like let me listen to this like because you guys know like my my folks are pretty religious and so it's like you know it's kind of interesting like say for example like Metallica's Fade to Black one of my favorite songs on earth and like it wasn't that long ago that I sat down with those lyrics and I was just like I never ever kind of read this the lyrics to this song and noticed how it was like kind of about like suicidal thoughts um I don't know if I ever picked up on that when I was younger um I know I used to do a lot of like artwork drawings paintings and stuff like that and they would always be just like really dark you know like and I remember my mom later on like maybe when I was like earlier in in uh in college she commented about some of the artwork that she saw me with you know that I would like post on the fridge or whatever and she'd be like I would always wonder like what's wrong with my kid you know like and I was just like okay so like definitely I mean yeah it was like a dark time I don't know what I was figuring out but I was definitely figuring things out and I gravitated towards like dark artwork and like Marilyn Manson and Metallica and like all these lyrics and metal and like all this kind of stuff and like um but I don't know if I even was like tuning into the lyrics and like thinking about what are they singing about you know like I was never really like a singer too much um so um it was always kind of like you know you sing at church because that's not evil you can't be singing this kind of stuff you know what I mean um, even like rap, it was kind of like, I used to like rap a lot too, but I wasn't really in an environment where people like valued hip hop at all, you know, um, growing up in like a beach city, like people aren't really like hip hop fans overall. Like I wasn't in like an inner city or anything where that would be like valued. Like people always thought of it, oh, it's like those people's kind of music and like, it's not part of our culture kind of thing and so I kind of noticed that but um yeah I remember when I was younger I did want to be a rapper and I remember mentioning that in class and just like everybody including the teacher was just like laughing and I was just like fuck you guys <laughs> like kind of like that like I was I didn't like say that out loud but that was kind of like all right that's the last time I mentioned that you know what I mean and like when I was younger, I wrote a lot, like, it's kind of interesting whenever I pop back into, like, writing music and stuff, I have so much, like, music that I wrote, and, like, I used to just write just, like, lyrics and poems and, like, everything, and just, like, just be doing artwork and playing guitar and, like, making music, and, like, that's mostly what I did with my free time. If I was in the house, I was doing something artistic, and, um... You know, it's kind of interesting to look at it later on in life and be like, there's kind of more depth to a lot of this stuff. You know, musicians wearing costumes and all the kind of like musical lyrics and like the type of music and all this kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of depth to it that a lot of times we were just like, ah, eh, like on the surface, like take it or leave it. But yeah, I'm learning there's a lot of depth to it. So, um you know, I've been diving into that lately, and it's been pretty refreshing, but it's also just, like, almost concerning that, like, I was pretty, I exposed myself to this stuff at a very young age, and it's kind of, like, interesting that I gravitated towards it, and I don't think I even really, like, fully was grasping what, but there was just something about it that I was, like, 
all this like fluffy other like church music that's just like people just saying all this stuff it's like let's just talk about what's actually really happening here guys <laughs> like i could kind of see past all the other i'm just like people are suffering the world is <laughs> going negative like why aren't we talking about it we're talking about bringing people to church and like saving them from their sins or whatever it's like this has nothing to do with reality but um yeah but I'm going to stop ranting, but thanks for listening.